This podcast is brought to you by Cross Catholic Outreach. Last year, Cross Catholic Outreach provided over 30 million meals to families in need around the world. Join us in our global effort to reduce material and spiritual poverty. Learn more at crosscatholic.org bless. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. This time around on our podcast, Holy Smokes Catholic Review, we're going to do lots of babbling. <laughs> Imagine that. Also, uh, Tony will be here. William also probably will have, I'm guessing, a quiz. I'm thinking about it anyway. And our cigar review all coming up on this Holy Smokes Catholic Review. Okay, so Tony should be here shortly. William, hopefully. We're not sure about Will. You know, Tony and I make fun of Will because it's, uh, it's easy and it's fun. But uh, to be serious, William does have a serious job. And um, so sometimes he gets off late. And for him to um, travel from, he's got to go from one town to another, from one city to another, from an extreme end of that one town to the extreme end of the other town to be here. So uh, it's hard. So sometimes he doesn't get here on time. So now you know the real reason why sometimes he's not here. Okay, so, um, well, sometimes he, well, it's not been the case lately. There have been a few times when he took off to Europe. Okay, so that's why. But now with the pandemic, that's not the case. Uh, Listen, so the three of us last week... Um, we got to uh, talking about this podcast and, you know, it's been uh, the case from the beginning that we uh, review the gospel from the Sunday prior. Okay, so we've decided, I think, to drop that section or that portion of the podcast. You're saying, well, why would you do that? Well, so that we can have more time to babble. And also we want to bring on more guests. Okay, so listen, if you want to hear the gospel, go to church. Uh, It's safe. Okay. And you say, well, I'm still, you know, the pandemic. Well, watch online. You got a deacon or a priest uh, preaching the uh, gospel or, you know, the, the, the homily. Okay. So um, yeah, go to church. Cardinal Sarah, Cardinal Sarah, who is a Cardinal from Africa, who's a great man who would make an awesome Pope. I'm just saying he would make an awesome Pope. Uh, So he recently came out and said, we need to get back to mass. Okay, we need to get back to mass. So let me comment on that because we have lots of people now getting into the habit of not going to mass. And you wonder after the pandemic, will they come back? We need to get back to mass. 
and the importance of the Eucharist. We, we really see here the importance of the Eucharist. What did Jesus say? It's recorded, as you know, in the sixth chapter of John's gospel, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood if you wish to have life within you. When we consume the Eucharist, we receive grace. Grace unites us, bonds us to the person of Jesus. And as Jesus is bonded to his father, we too then bonded to Jesus are bonded to his father. And so that where the father is in his heaven, we too may be. You see this? So it's recorded Jesus was very clear that we must eat his flesh and drink his blood. We can't get the Eucharist, not at Furs Cafeteria, not at McDonald's, not at Burger King. Okay, not at Denny's. Only at the church during the celebration of the Mass. And if you say, well, you know, I'm still afraid, watch on online. You get the word. And, you know, many churches, including our own, Here's what I do at 1130 on Sunday morning. I go stand by the door with the Eucharist, people who have watched the mass on TV, people who are, of course, in a state of grace and are prepared to do so, drive up. They walk up to the door. I give them communion and then off they go. Okay, but listen, Cardinal Sarah is right. We need to get back to mass. Uh, You know, it's very safe, distanced. Everybody is distanced. Everybody's wearing a mask. Okay, we clean the church after every Mass. It's very, very safe. I can tell you that uh, at least two dioceses, I think there's more, but uh, the Diocese of Green Bay and also the Archdiocese of Milwaukee uh, have brought back or um, have reinstated the uh, obligation for Sunday Mass. And if a person says, oh, well, you know, that's a man-made rule. Well, no, it comes, it's the, the commandment. Keep holy the Sabbath day. You know, that wasn't, that's not a rule that came from Moses. It came from God through Moses to the people. So keep holy the Sabbath day. And moreover, Jesus said to, you know, his, his church, the authority of the church, um, as he gave Peter the keys to the kingdom, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. So the church authority has the authority to, um, give us a precept which teaches that we must attend mass every Sunday uh, or else it's a mortal sin. Okay. It's called the power of keys. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. So, um, you know, no doubt that uh, other dioceses are now going to follow suit, especially with the opening up of churches. Okay. But we do need to get back to mass because of the word. And most importantly, the Holy Eucharist, the true presence, the, the presence really, truly substantially of the person of Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity, okay? That's why we need to get back to Mass and uh, to receive Him, okay? I hate to think that, uh, you know, and some people probably are using it as an excuse uh, to, and people who are healthy and, and, you know, not in danger of getting sick are going to use it as an excuse not to go to Mass, which is a sad thing. We should be hungering for that Eucharist, my friends, okay? Hungering for that Eucharist. Okay, so that's that. Hey, listen, this is, uh, we're recording today. It's the uh, Feast of uh, Our Lady's, uh, uh, or our, it's the Feast, I'll get it. This is the Feast, it's September 15th, right? Okay, the Feast of uh, Our Lady of Sorrows. Yesterday was the Feast of um, the Exaltation of the Cross. So I just want to make this note about Our Lady and her suffering. You know, St. Paul said this. And this applies to all of us. Paul said, I make up in my own body. Well, let me ask you this question before I I quote St. Paul. 
Um, is there anything lacking in the sufferings of Christ Jesus? Is there anything lacking? Okay, if Jesus' death, okay, one drop of blood spilt from his body was enough to save 10,000 worlds. Okay? So, you know, is there anything lacking? Okay, well, St. Paul says, I make up in my own body what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, the church. What? So, in other words, what Paul's really saying is that God calls, and it's not just St. Paul, it applies to all of us. We all have a sharing in the passion of Christ. So the Lord calls us to whatever it is we suffer from a paper cut to a headache, to a broken bone, to a cancer, to take what we suffer and unite it. Oh, by the way, uh, persecution as well, to unite what we suffer to his sufferings. So in other words, we're collaborators with him. Okay, now that said, who more of a collaborator in the life of Christ than his own mother? Okay, he is bone of her bone, flesh of her flesh. His humanity he received exclusively from her. And there's no closer relationship than the relationship of mother to child. Okay, so um, what greater relationship? So the Lord called her to suffer. We, we talk about the seven sorrows of the Blessed Mother, okay, that she suffered. And so much so as a collaborator with him. And listen, why do we suffer with him? So that we may rise to new life with him. And she suffered with him so much in, un, in union with him that he's now given her a share in his resurrection. And she's the only one who's been assumed into heaven, body and soul, you see. Mm-hmm. So just a little reflection on this day of uh, Our Lady's, um, the, uh, the, the feast day of Our Lady of Sorrows. Uh, you know, the seven sorrows, you ever, you ever hear of the seven sorrows of, of Mary? I can tell you what they are. It might take me a second. Okay, the first would be um, the presentation in the temple when Simeon the prophet, um, you know, I should make this the quiz. Maybe I will. And the guys aren't here yet. So, okay, well, I'll ask them when they get here. Okay, but the first is this. And then you're, you know, you're privy to the answers. Okay, so the first is uh, the presentation when Simeon the prophet said to Mary, who was a young child, uh, a sword of sorrows will pierce your own heart. Okay. The second is the flight into Egypt because why? Uh, Herod was seeking to kill the child. Okay. So the flight into Egypt then there was the, um, the finding of Jesus in the temple. Remember, Jesus somehow was separated from his mother and from Joseph. And Mary and Joseph were in a great panic looking for their child. Okay. Then what is the fourth sorrow? Uh, it is, of course, um, Mary uh, at the, when, when, when Jesus was being led off, okay, to be crucified and Mary met his grieving mother. There's four. Then, of course, uh, the crucifixion. That's five. Then Jesus being taken down from the cross, which, of course, is uh, depicted in, in beautiful art, the Pieta. And then finally, Jesus is laid in the tomb. 
There's your seven sorrows of the Blessed Mother. Oftentimes you see pictures of the Blessed Mother and she, her heart is pierced with, with swords, seven swords. But you know what? I'm thinking today, man, how many swords are piercing this Blessed Mother? And especially because you know why so many of her children are abandoning the faith of her son. Man, is she grieving. Is she grieving. So just a little note on that. Let's see what's happening in the news. Oh, you know, the uh, the elections are coming up. Okay, so let me grab this over here. Um, now, uh, you know, there's a lot of discussion about uh, abortion and uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And uh, Joe Biden, you know, I don't know how to pronounce her last name or her first name either. Is it? It's Kamala. Kamala, right? Um, so um, the uh, the church now, this came out several years ago, forming, this is from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, forming consciences for faithful citizenship. So, you know, uh, Biden, Joe Biden is Catholic, but... Um, yeah, his 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 stance on on uh, on on the uh, the dignity or the uh, sanctity of life in the womb. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, this uh, this has been re- released in time for the uh, elections. This is from the uh, the bishops conference. So uh, as Catholics, I'm just going to read a portion of this. All right. So as Catholics, we bring because you know what? In this time and I've had this conversation. Well, abortion is just one of many issues. There's lots of issues. And that's true. There's lots of issues. There's the border issue. Okay. there's the the um, the economic issue. Lots of issues. Okay, but uh, abortion is preeminent. All right, so as Catholics, this is the introductory letter to the document from the Bishop's Conference, okay? So as Catholics, we bring the richness of our faith to the public square. We draw from both faith and reason, and we seek, as we seek, that is, to affirm the dignity of the human person and the common good of all. With renewed hope, we, the Catholic bishops of the United States, are reissuing forming consciences for faithful citizenship, our teaching document on the political responsibility of Catholics, which provides guidance for all who seek to exercise their right and duties as citizens. Everyone living in this country is called to participate in public life and contribute to the common good. All right. And then they, they quote uh, Pope Francis, who, who wrote this, your identification with Christ And his will involves a commitment to build with him that kingdom of love, justice, and universal peace. You cannot grow in holiness without committing yourself, body and soul, to giving your best to this endeavor. Okay, so now skipping down, listen to this. The threat of abortion remains our preeminent priority because it directly attacks life itself because it takes place within the sanctuary of the family and because of the number of lives destroyed. At the same time, we cannot dismiss or ignore other serious threats to human life. And then it gives a list of these other threats. But there you have it. The threat, this is the beginning of this particular paragraph. The threat of abortion remains our preeminent priority. Okay, so with that, and, um, you know, we're trying to not get too political here, but just in case, uh, you know, you're interested, this was posted on Breitbart 
Uh, here's the headline. Biden report for Catholic voters slams candidates record on key issues. OK, so I'm not sure what group this is. Um, it's a uh, prominent U.S. Catholic uh, group. Um, geez, I don't even know. It's the uh, the um, Catholic vote. Uh, that's it. Organization called the Catholic vote. OK, so um, here here's just a part of this. Uh, and it really does slam Joe Biden. So today, Joe Biden is running for president as a prominent U.S. Catholic with regard or regular, that is, references to his faith in Catholic upbringing, citations of popes, and purported embrace of Catholic moral values. The report states, and yet on the eight issues most important to Catholics, Mr. Biden has proved himself hostile to the faith. So the report examined Mr. Biden's stance on the issues of life, judges, work, religious freedom, health care, marriage, education, and immigration, as well as the evolution and radicalization of his position over his lengthy political career. So, you know, I'll leave that up to you. You can make up your own mind. That is posted uh, in Breitbart. Uh, that would uh, be uh, that, uh, well, this report, yeah, it came out. There you have it. It came out today. Okay, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce my good friend, Tony Willemitis. You're a good friend. I'm I'm a regular on this program. What are you talking yeah. about? Hey, um, that was well, that was some wait, pretty good wait, stuff. Wait, wait, wait! Can't you be my good friend? Yeah, I could be your good friend too. I suppose if I have are to. you my good friend? Well, I mean, charity demands it. <laughs> so yes. So so because of charity, you're only doing this out of charity. That's the reason I love. Am any, I a, am I a charity case? Is that's that the, it's the only reason I love anybody. Really, it's just it's a gospel command. Otherwise, I wouldn't love anyone. Kidding, just kidding. There are some likable people out there. Mm. Um, I don't know where they are, but I'm sure they're out there. Mm. Yeah. Hey, so um, I just got back from Jemez Springs. Oh, tell, Actually, Jemez, tell, tell us all about ha- it. Jemez Falls, uh, to be specific. Shout out to the Britos, the Ryans, and the Keenies for a great uh, family weekend up in the mountains. It was nice and cool out there. You know what I did? For the first time, I actually used my van. I guess I have a minivan. People think it's weird that a single guy my age would have a minivan, but I tell you, I'm tall, and they're good gas mileage, and so they fit and they're comfortable. I found out a new use for the minivan. For its uh, instead of a tent, I can sleep in the back of the mm-hmm. van with I t- just move the, the seats out of the way. I can lay a, a sleeping bag right there, and I have dome lights accessible. I have access to a heater if I decide to turn it on in the middle of the night gets too cold. I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to using this thing. Take it up in the mountains. Don't have to pack any equipment. Maybe like a sleeping bag. Well, as soon as you get booted out of your apartment, you're gonna yeah. have to live out <laughs> of the van. Right. Yeah, start living out of my van. For Listen, when I go camping, I I sleep in the back of my Toyota. Yeah, why not? Like it's totally, and it's safe and there's, you don't have to worry about animals or you lock the doors and yeah, it's, it was actually a really comfortable, good experience. I was really pleased with it. Um, so now I want to like deck it out and make it all cool for camping trips. So that did that. Now, Jemez Falls, if you've never been there, there's a nice little river that runs through it and, um, they've got some falls, some waterfalls and, uh. Yeah, it's a beauty, beautiful little place to be, and it's nice and cool, and the campsites are, you know, they're like $10 a night. I recommend it. It's an hour and a half away from Albuquerque. Nice little getaway. Very cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. 
So got to hang out with the godson and his family and the rest of the um, So families. the Britos, you were with the Britos? I was with the Britos. I was with, with uh, was Art and Sharon and their kids. Art and Sharon and the kids. Oh. And it was Luke's, one of their children, uh, Luke's uh, birthday. Oh. So we, we had a very New Mexican campsite with, complete with a pinata. Oh, you know, I've not pinata. ever done pinatas until I came here. Well, and then, a pinata of what? Of who? Well, is it was, <laughs> was it like a donkey pinata. It was a donkey pinata. That's because that's the classic, right? And it no, nothing. I mean, there was really nothing political behind it, although there could have been, I suppose. <laughs> um, but it was a. Well, I know uh, what you're saying. A classic uh, donkey pinata filled with candy mm -hmm. and the. Um, so it wasn't like the de like your hidden bash at a Democrat or something. No, no, that wasn't the intention. Of course, the kids wouldn't have been paying attention to that. Maybe yeah, because it was traditionally the donkey is the pinata. Is that a traditional thing? Yeah, that you know, I think there's a case there for animal cruelty because what we were teaching little kids is that it's okay to hit a donkey. See, and I don't think it's okay to hit a donkey. No, it's not. Well. No, you, you need to have measures of discipline that, that, that involve other, met, you know, motivations, but it is to, you know. So let's was, discuss. If you can't use, because, you know, or any animal, really, I, I sure don't think it's. you shouldn't, no. No, it couldn't, but, you know, but, but these shouldn't but these, be a dog or a cat or a donkey. No, or, these equine animals, though. What so I've what, would you, what would you, what would you suggest? Well, that? what I've learned is there are four levels, and I learned this from my brother who took uh, horse training lessons galore and some of them with pat pirelli who actually has a headquarters up in pagosa springs where i was a couple of weeks ago i think i mentioned on the last podcast and um i mean, actually i'm finding a pattern in my weekend behavior so i went to pagosa <laughs> springs and then i went to jamez springs so what i learned from my brother uh in his horse education was there are four levels of impact on an animal an equine animal that is to say a horse a donkey etc when you're training them and the first level is the least level, and the fourth level is the, the most profound or impact physically impacting level. Mm. So you always start with just the intention directed toward the animal. Mm -hmm. So if the animal's trained well, eventually it will read your intention just by your glance at the animal. So right. the pinata would be able to do the same. Is that what you're? Because no, we're talking about. Pinata. It had nothing to do with pinata. Okay, so I want to get you asked me a question about how to what the, the discipline. So, so you would glance. So in this case, I guess if you glance at the if you glanced at the at the pinata, the pinata would just spill out candy. Then the second level would be movement toward mm. the animal in the direction you want it to go. So. Mm. Uh, in this case, maybe like you take a step towards the pinata, and the pinata spills out candy. The third level of impact would be you actually lightly touch the animal, let's mm -hmm. say, um, but you always touch it in a part of the body that's not going to be sensitive, like never on the head or the face. That's true for any animal, including equine animals and pinatas perhaps, but you lightly touch them. And then like, so in this case, you would just basically touch the, the pinata and the pinata would spill out candy. Right. That's why, by the way, you should never hit your dog in the head. That's right. Yeah, never because the, the face and the, for animals, the face and the, the muzzle and so forth, they are very sensitive areas. And you can actually uh, program an animal. Um, not that they really. Well, no, I'm not going to go there. Um, what I want to say is they're very sensitive in those areas of, and they, they that will leave a lasting memory for that animal, an instinctive memory. Mm. OK. And then uh, fourth Im impact is actually um, 
using some force to touch the animal, but in an area, again, and in an area that is not that sensitive. So like for an equine animal, it's on the rump, right? And so now the little girl that busted open the pinata wasn't paying attention to wh- where she was swinging the bat. Well, she blindfolded. Because she was blindfolded and, and she was just waylaying the pinata and it, you know, it was cracking with each kid that took a turn and then she eventually split it open. But, uh, yeah, there you go. The four levels of impact on equine animals and, and, um, and pinatas. Well, this has been a most interesting uh, conversation. Yeah, I'm very glad. Okay, so speaking of impact, let's get on to some more important topics like uh, Tom Brady's performance. Maybe somebody should have physically impacted him well, after, now, if, uh, after if, his first showing with well, the Tep- Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look, I'm, I'm uh, you know, and I'm a Patriot guy, but, you know. Um, you now, are, yeah. So if I was just, you know, mentioning a moment ago that perhaps it's not politically correct to have animals, you know, uh, we, we swing in bats at animals. Uh, that's, that's right. Not, that's not cool. So maybe no. we could do uh, like football players and then Tom Brady, um, because he left, of course, the uh, Patriots now is a, a buccaneer. And boy, did he stink. Well, I heard he had a really rough two, showing. Two interceptions. Two interceptions, one pick six. Yeah, um, one pick six. And what was the other thing that he he wasn't getting near the yardage? There was something else is another statistic I saw. Well, so what do you attribute it to? Do you think it's the coaching? Do you think it's the there's the lack of experience with those teammates? Do you think he's just maybe not as good as everybody thought he was? Well, I don't know. So he's I'm no, going to say that. No, I'm no always going to say that, that because there's no question he's great. I mean, come on, who he's been to nine Super Bowls? He's won six of them. So you well, I told I told you I told you I've seen this video a while back where he admits that he stole. He literally took plays from Peyton Manning, you know, in like off the field meetups with Peyton Manning and, and would like talk to Peyton. And he probably just like would pretended like he was picking Peyton's brain and, and actually took plays from Peyton, the one and only Peyton Manning. And, uh, and then he used them for the, for the benefit of the Patriots and their offense and so forth and so on. Yeah. So, I mean, who's to say? Maybe he's just, maybe he needs to go have a talk with Peyton Manning. I think he's, oh, here's the deal. He's 43. Okay. That's yeah, the first he's thing. younger than me. Wow. I know, but for a football player. That's crazy. Yeah, it's old. It's getting old. You know, for a football player. Yeah, it's right? getting old. So, uh, the other thing, too, is um, he doesn't have Bilicek. I don't, I don't think Bruce Arians great coach, you know. I don't think he's that good. He's not a great coach. And, uh right. And then, too, you know, here's, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Tom Brady uh, is with a brand new team. He doesn't know the team. Mm -hmm. It's going to take him, you know, a a few games to kind of get used. They didn't have the, uh, you know, the the luxury of of, of, of a preseason. Right. You know, so there's all those things. Okay. Wonder if Um, is he good enough that he could just be setting everybody up? Maybe he's like. He, maybe he's betting against the oh, bookie. Oh, this is like, you mean like dirty pool? Yeah, like he's betting against the bookie and he's like, you know, he's out there doing a like. Well, hustling like dirty pool, practically right? Practically like a no-show. You hustle. And like you go, that's what the hustlers do. Everybody starts betting against the bucks. And then the they, hustlers go to the pool hall. Yep. They, 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 they look terrible and then people start betting and then they start cleaning house. I do the same so, thing. I just never actually end up getting No, better. I just think, you know what? I think he's washed up and uh, I think his his days are, just, I think he's done. Is it, so you think, think it's, a, it's, it's a Brett Favre scenario? And by the way, did you see who won the uh, the the Patriots won? Did they really with their new quarterback? Yeah, who? Who's Cam, they got? Cam Newton. Oh man, well, I don't like Cam Newton. 
You love him or hate him. He's a yeah, talent. Okay, but but okay, but did you actually He's watch? Talented. No, but did you watch the games? That's my question. No, I only saw the headlines. I, I don't have a TV. Oh yeah, that's right. And I was camping. So yeah, so I I, I didn't watch because I'm kind of protesting the the whole thing, the NFL. So. The well, the NFL. The whole the whole thing has gotten so ridiculous now, in my opinion. Like it's become this, you know, uh, from the look from the. You know, from the, all the things they've been doing to to make it something bigger than just a football game, right? All the different things they add to the game itself, and then you've got then you've got um, these sideline reporters. You know, they're all females that have been you know made to look like they're Miss America. You know, like how authentic is that exactly? Mm-hmm. They're just doing that, and then you have the the cheerleading squad, kind of like Fox News, is it? No, maybe put the babe on. Is that what you're saying? Well, maybe that's that might be part of it. I don't know. They just seems like every turn they they take, it's all about you know like increasing their um, their viewership and their revenue, which of course is their game. I'm not I'm not suggesting their game isn't isn't that, but it is. It does seem to take away from the sport, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what I've always enjoyed about college football. But nowadays, college football is going the same direction. Yeah. It seems like yeah. you know. Yeah. See, see, back in the day, man, back in the seventies, you know, it was just the football team, and yeah. you know, that's Absolutely. what what uh, the days of Mindro Green, and, and, and yeah, you know, and and uh, right. So it was just Roger Starbuck and all these players. Like, and it was just about a game that they were televising, and they could get into families' homes. Right, but now and it's, dad had something to watch. But now it's one big political statement, and I'm yeah. sorry, but uh, never no mind in politics. That. You're absolutely yeah, right. It's like I'm not interested. I am not interested in that. You don't have yeah. There's no there's no room for. And look, we watch we watch football and other sports to escape the world. Right. Not to be drawn into it. Yeah, agreed. 100%. So, it's, you know, I'm sorry, your... but that's, um, yeah, I'm, it's count me out. I'm sorry. But... Yeah, I would agree. Now, Actually, there... I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Uh, so count me out. Yeah, just count me out. Well, we're counting you out, man. Just um, count me out, baby. We're just going to, we're going to start, we're just going to take over the podcast without you. Hey, so um, aren't there some players, some former players and, and coaches and whatnot that are, that are like doing like advancing with another form of football didn't we talk about this last time no we didn't but there's the xfl, XFL. but that 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 uh you know that that whole thing got uh, sidelined by the coronavirus good pun. i'm not even sure that did they're going to return what did you catch your own pun no what you said it was sidelined hey that so, was hip man lots of subconscious puns sidelined by the coronavirus yeah interesting yeah, uh, that's a, that's that's too bad because I I'd heard that like people like Tim Tebow and some other principled people um, were behind it. I'd like to see some kind of you know I'm a fan of the free market and the way that it encourages that competition encourages better you know betterment. So I'd like to see some kind of challenge to the NFL, to the NBA, to all these major sports outlets because it, like they just become monopolies and then when they want to you know push some kind of political agenda then it's a one-sided political agenda because it's a monopoly and it's whoever's in charge of the monopoly gets to push forward their political their political agenda mm. and i agree with you it's like you know yeah da, 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 there's no place for that just be about what you're about which is in this case a particular sport and entertainment entertainment uh, by the sport not entertainment of something other than the sport Right, and I mentioned a few weeks back in uh, this podcast that, uh, you know, I went to a concert. It was John Mellencamp many years ago, 
And uh, he turned it into a political thing, you know. And, it's too bad. You know, I know he's been involved with Farm Aid and all these other things, but uh, Mellencamp's a good Indiana boy, you know. Yeah. He grew up in Indiana. Yeah. He grew up in a small town. Mm. In probably, the USA? Probably live and die in a small, small town. town. I, I, and I think he knew, a couple, you know, he knew a couple young people. One of them was named uh, Jack. And the other was Diana. How did you know? Well, because he kind of <laughs> told us. And, uh, you know, he fought the law, but the law won. Did yes, you know that? Every time. Yeah. Every time. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of political climates, now, um, I know we're moving kind of quick through some hot topics, but um, we got to kill some time. I don't know. Is Tom Brady hot topic? I don't know. Is he? <laughs> maybe he was last year or the year before. Yeah. This maybe. year, he's, so far, he's no hot topic. Well, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people who we thought would perform well were not performing well. And, I, and this brings me to another point I have about... No, but what did we expect? I mean, the guy's 43 years old. I mean, not that, look, I'm 58. I, you know, I'm not saying, but uh, right. because, you know, I'm not saying he's an old man. But for football, he's kind of up there. And Well, everybody's like, oh, he's the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Well, no, and, I, I would say so. You know. I mean, guys, guys been to nine Super Bowls. He's won six of them. I feel like... Okay. So there's no, there's no doubt, but you know what? Your time runs out. Yeah. You can't be great forever. No. There's only so many, uh, there's only so many ways you can deflate a football. Oh, stop. Anyway. He now. did that. So that's a myth. <laughs> that's no. just total. Oh, that's Dude. a classic. No, that is no. a classic, uh, CIA that, response. No, oh, it's conspiracy. That is a conspiracy. No. It's, it's fake news. That's, oh my gosh. I don't even know what to say right now. All right, so I want to go back to what we were, I was going to say about these um, spectator-free, spectatorless. Oh, the games? Spectatorless games. With the, uh, the, or, or, the piped or, or in crowd? Dim, diminished crowd sizes where everybody's spread out. No, but they, they pipe in the, the crowd sounds? And they're also right. They're adding like these fake crowd sounds. It's, it's terrible. So here's the thing that people are forgetting about all this and this so-called new normal and i heard de blasio up in new york uh mayor of new york was um was going to cancel the macy's thanksgiving day parade and he was he did it with a bunch of fluff language about how great it would still be because it would be this new entertaining thing to watch on television and you know it was it was advertised the the headline was great of course it was like macy's thanksgiving day parade will happen this year without a procession i'm like well, isn't that the definition of a parade? Yeah, okay, right. So, so here's what? the thing that I, that I that I that I have a problem with people. That, what has and this is the this is the crucial thing that everyone has forgotten that that supports this. The 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 thing that people tune in for, or attend these events for, or go to mass for, all the stuff that we've done now without people mm -hmm. involved. The thing that we've forgotten is it's precisely the human element. Mm -hmm. that attracts mm -hmm. the viewers, that attracts the attendees, mm -hmm. that attracts the congregants. Like mm -hmm. it's precisely the human element mm -hmm. that has attracted other humans. It's not in spite of it, right? The, right. Whole, the whole point is this football game is not, I mean, yeah, it's a football game between two teams, but, but it's not a full event without the human spectators, without the fans, without the now, you know, I mean, look at the fact that we've piped in fake crowd noise. Shouldn't that tell us that the crowd noise is an essential element of the experience? Right. Or else we wouldn't right. bother with it. Right. And I can tell you this, I've been to a, I've been to a game or two. I've been to a game or two at Lambeau Field. Okay. And I can tell you that 
70% of the people there are there for the social experience. Absolutely. Nothing to do. I'm like, people walking around are standing in our section. Yeah. People were there drinking, talking, not even watching the game. That's right. Okay, it's a social thing. And then when you have, you know, try this attempt to pipe in crowd sounds, it's, and you know it's fake. And of course, they do that for golf matches on television. No, actually, they don't. Well, they do, not crowd noises, but don't they pipe in like birds no. and stuff? No, because the birds are... I heard that they piped in. Why like, would they pipe in birds when there's already birds? Well, because like... You because the birds are there. The no, birds aren't quarantined. Your, your microphones aren't picking up the birds like that. Well, who that. cares if they're... Well, birds are birds. I mean, this are, we're talking the difference between birds and people. But you, I mean, you watch. Who cares? I mean, so what? But, but I don't want to hear birds. Who cares? And I don't think they care. And by the way, that's fake news. Okay, but the crowd being... The crowd noise being piped in, that's real. And it's fake. <laughs> it's real fake. Well, either way, yeah. I would. I mean, the problem is that we've forgotten that the human element is a critical. It's an essential element to use this language nowadays, right? It's an essential element, and it's not the same. Mm. We will not be entertained by a Thanksgiving Day parade without people or a procession. We will not be entertained by a football match that doesn't include spectators. You know, it'll get us by maybe for a few weeks and then people will stop watching. They'll stop tuning in because well, the, the whole th because the thing is that it's about this whole th package, right? It's this package deal. Never mind the fact that, like we said already, these professional sports are, are veering off out of their lane into politics and no. and other things that have nothing to do with their sport. Right. Um, but that's my screed on that. I, I, I think we've got to, you know, get over ourselves and, and get back to being humans and remember that nothing, uh, there, there's no such thing as a virtual reality that will satisfy, that will satisfy our hearts the same way that actual reality does. Oh, I agree. I agree. You know? So absolutely okay. agree. So, right. So, right and it's like having a parade without the crowd. I mean, you know what, why have the parade? So you have a parade and you videotape it or whatever, and you show it without people. Well, they said I mean, that they're not even going to have a parade on Thanksgiving. In no, but even if they did and there was no people, why yeah. watch it? I wouldn't watch it. No, it's not. The okay. Same. Yeah, you don't. I'm not going to wake up early on Thanksgiving to watch that. So they have these concerts now on TV without the crowds. I don't even watch them. Yeah. Why? Yeah, it's kinda... you know, some like okay, there's a uh, Garth Brooks in his living room yeah. with his guitar. I just, just I'm weird. not just not interested. I'm sorry. It's not. Well, we. Yeah, it's nothing. It's really not. It, I mean, we do show up for the entertainment, for the value of the entertainment when it's a big event and there's other people involved. Yeah, yeah. totally. That should tell us something about who we are as humans, I think. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, well, okay, you got me wound up a little okay. bit there, bro. So now, moving on from there, um, you had uh, said that the United States bishops... Mm -hmm. um, that the United well, States bishops the, uh, have released, re-released, forming uh, consciences for the faithful citizenship. Forming? I talked about that. So I did read, you talk talk about it at the top of the show already? Uh, I talked a little bit when about I was it. not here. No, no, but I would love to get your opinion. Well, yeah, it's, it's well. This is this is something. Doc. This yeah, it's an old doc. It's an old doc, right? Right. And it's been out before, and then we're bringing it back out again. Mm -hmm. uh, re-released by the United States bishops. Right. You know. Um, there's been some drama in the church concerning what? American politics. Drama in the church? Excuse me. There have been some, some, some priests that have come out um, talking about the importance of particular issues at election time. And it happens every four years. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. It's nothing new, right? Like, no. And this is why this but. document exists and that it, we can bring it back out from times past and right. show it again. 
Now, what's interesting is that in this document, it would seem to me that the priests and the other voices in the church that have spoken up about politics in America right now would be the ones that I'm thinking of are conservative voices. And those conservative voices would be completely in line with this bishop's document. Right. And uh, this line, I'll repeat it. I I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. uh, The threat of abortion remains our preeminent priority because it directly attacks life itself, because it takes place within the sanctuary of the family, and because of the number of lives destroyed. Okay. Which is three, in this country, 3,000 plus per day. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's a lot per day. Right. So when somebody says, well, there's other issues like the border, well, my question is, how many people died crossing the border last year? Yeah. And by the way, not one of them killed by uh, police. Okay. Yeah. How many people died yesterday by way of abortion? Yeah, what you're referring to is something called the seamless garment argument that, you know, was started, I think, actually, um, a man by the name of Cardinal Bernadin, uh, who was in Chicago, leader of Chicago there for a long time, and has since postmortem been shown to be a pretty conflicted member of the hierarchy. Um, He uh, came up with this seamless garment idea that um, any issue of life, including abortion, could, would, could be lumped together with other issues of life, like capital punishment, like immigration, like, um, I don't know, the, the poor, um, joblessness, all those things that relate to life. Those things could all be lumped together into one concern, and it would be like a garment without any seams in it, so a seamless garment. And, of course, remember, this is a reference also to... Um, the garment that Jesus was wearing at the time of his crucifixion, right before he got crucified. Um, that was the last thing he was wearing and the soldiers, um, took it off of him. Cause I think I mentioned this last week. Um, it was customary for Romans to crucify their criminals, um, completely naked as a form of embarrassment to the criminal. Well, anyway, so the, the piece of cloth that they took off of Jesus was seamless and the, and I think it's in scripture that the, the, the soldiers cast lots. Did they not? Isn't it in scripture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's in scripture. His, they cast for, lots for, for his, his garments. Garment. Yeah. And that garment had no seams in it. It was, it was seamless. And so a seamless garment would have been seen as a perfect thing, right? A form of perfection. So thus they would belong to the savior because he's perfect. Well, anyway, all that to say that there is this concept out there that says abortion is just one of many life issues that we must be concerned with. And it doesn't have any kind of priority over other issues. So when it comes to election time, someone could say, well, I understand that my candidate isn't the strongest on the issue of abortion, but he is strong on immigration. He's strong on helping the poor. He's strong on the welfare program that helps the poor. Right. But and then so I, would, I feel like I would, I would then ask the question, well, is he or is she? That would be a good question to ask, but I'm just saying that's where people, I'm just trying to, you know, drum up a consideration of where, you know, where other people are coming from when they, when they say that abortion, I get what you're saying. Out. But when, when someone has like 40 years of, of a record, mm-hmm. okay. And they yeah. can, they can say that they're, you know, this or that all they want. But we have on, I mean, do we, show us. Yeah. Show us what you've well, done in the past. Well, not only that, not only look at your record of success, but also let's look at this document, right? And let's, let's investigate what the bishops were saying back then, the committee that was assigned to come up with this document, which clearly says, like you said, 
that abortion is the preeminent life issue over the other life issues. Mm -hmm. And you can't vote against that issue. You can't say, oh, well, my person is not strong on abortion and I'm going to vote for them anyway. You can't do it. Just like this priest father Altman, who now has gotten in trouble with his bishop. Where is it? In like Minnesota or New Jersey or I can't remember. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, maybe. Michigan. No. I, I yeah, Somewhere in the country. Anyway, Father Altman, you know, basically stood up and said, you can't vote for this party that supports abortion. You can't. And, and it's not called abortion in the political realm, just for those who might be listening and don't understand this. It's called reproductive rights. That's what they call it. It's, an, it's a euphemism. It's a way of spinning words to make it sound positive, mm-hmm. like being pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, who isn't pro-choice? Of course. But what they mean by pro-choice is pro-abortion, pro-legal abortion. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for that matter, if you want to be fair, don't say pro-life, say anti-abortion. And it's okay to be anti-abortion because the bishops right there in that document mm-hmm. say it is the preeminent issue. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm anti-abortion. Yeah, absolutely. As am I, mm-hmm. as am I. And, um, you know, mother Teresa had said that, uh, one time brilliantly that, and I think it was when she came, didn't she come to America and she was talking and, and there well, was like, was the, at the uh, prayer breakfast. Mm-hmm, and, uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, the Clintons were present and, yeah. uh, so she, right. you know, and it was funny because her, you know, she could barely see over the pulpit. Yeah. Very small stature. Yeah. And uh, she was a dressing down, really was. Absolutely. And she said, she said, um, any country that doesn't protect its most vulnerable will be, you know, liable to, um, will be liable to the many other pitfalls that come with it. Well, that piggybacks well with what Pope John Paul II said, you know, any society, any country, any government that treats its people like a th- like things yeah. rather than people. Right. Okay. And that's what abortion does. It treats the person, the human person like a thing because a thing can be disposed of. Right. Okay. So, uh, you know, if, if, and he said this, any, uh, you know, power or government or country or society or culture that treats its, its people like things is bound to fail. Exactly. You know, uh, he was really speaking about, uh, you know, a communism, but that applies to humans, humans. Well, it starts with the most innocent human, right? The one in the womb that's Mm -hmm. just begun. The the one that must be nurtured and taken care of and protected in order for it to survive um, that birthing process and uh, the gestation of the birthing birthing process. And then those first few early years where the young person is, you know, encountering all kinds of contagions for the Mm -hmm. first time and whatnot. Um, So... Yeah, the, suffice it to say, um, I think the bishops were clear, and I think it's pretty obvious what um, what people ought to do in in regard to that. But there it, it is, pre, preeminent. That word appears, preeminent. Yeah. Preeminent priority, right. life in the womb. Yeah. Hey, guess who's here? Will's here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the one. That runs a hardship. But. So, so Will, how how is uh, how is life treating you these days? Uh, good. Life is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. It works good. <laughs> yeah. 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 It works good. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's good, man. Yeah. <laughs> How's life with you, man? No, it was good there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all, uh, I don't know if you guys talk about this, but we all got a really fun dinner over at BJ's Brew Pub. Yeah. That was fun. Of, no? uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. It, it was good. It was and we, nice to, uh, although we, you know, we froze our 
uh, patooties off outside. It was, really cold. It was cold. It's, it's getting warm again, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've it's warm in here. Snapping yeah. back. It's warm inside this building, but it's snapping back. But I, I'm up to 80 degrees, I think, today. You know, it was trippy, though. So uh, remember when we first started to have our hangs after the podcast at 8.30, 8.45? Yeah. The sun would barely be setting. Yeah. And it'd be now kind of it's dusky. pitch dark. Yeah, so now, you know, I was on the road at 7, and uh, the sun was already set. 7 p.m. Yeah. The sun uh-huh. was already set. It's getting darker. Yep. He must decrease. I must decrease. He must increase. That's right. That's there right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, I, I ordered the uh, poinsettias thinking, yeah, we're going to have Christmas. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. This already. Christmas isn't canceled, huh? Not in the church. Isn't that <laughs> Not yet. Huh? No. And, and you know what? Uh, we're going to have Christmas regardless. We're doing, we're going to, Jesus is born. We're going to celebrate Christmas regardless of what the governor says. Good for you. As Doesn't matter. Nice. We're going well, to celebrate the birth of Jesus, right? I think that's appropriate. Yeah. Hey, uh, listen. So I, I mentioned earlier in this podcast that, uh, you know, we had uh, this discussion last week over at BJ's uh-huh. and uh, we're not doing the gospel review any longer. Well, we weren't. So we're that we can out. have more time to ban- ban- ba- ba- banter and Anybody babble. Idiot. I don't think we should tell people that up front <laughs> because they're going to turn this off. <laughs> I already, already told them. It's already a done Some people deal. hang out and wait for the gospel. No, they don't. Now, just they don't either. For the re- you know record. This no, is they want to hear you, Tony, babble we're, for we're an hour and a half. A shot. Yeah. We're just... And it's not that we won't be doing things, that we won't be talking about things from a Catholic perspective no, or including it's all, it's all Catholic. scripture or the, even just the application of the week's But it's current, uh, current Catholic events. You know, we want to, of course, include that and make sure that that's still part of what we're doing because, you know, as men of faith and as men of the church, we still want to be able to, um, how do you say, we want to encourage one another and then we also mm-hmm. want to encourage our listeners and be encouraged by our mm-hmm. listeners to sure. live the gospel authentically. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if there's something, you know, like always, if there's something that we miss, um, when it, you know, or we, we uh, maybe overlook when it comes to the weekly gospel and something that we, you know, forget to mention, or maybe we had a glaring oversight in that regard, I feel like, the, you know, people should get a hold of us and yeah. let us know that part. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times, right, just to build on that, there's, there's natural tie-ins with what's going on in our current world and with yeah, the absolutely. gospel. And in that case, we'll definitely reference the readings in the gospel. Absolutely. But, you know... Um, a lot of our listeners uh, uh, have been around for a while on this podcast, and uh, we, we've gotten a little bit of feedback here and there, but just some folks that, uh, you know, maybe we should consider spicing it up a little bit. Um, and so well, we just... Well, we, we kind of be... can't help but, you know, spice it up. Well, well, look, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're, mm-hmm. we're put into a place that we're not used to. Mouth I can't have all my anything. equipment here. So right. we're doing the best we can. So yeah. spice it up. You spice it up. I mean, I mean, I, I you know th- you, you get a good a... complain to us about spicing it up. You spice <laughs> it up. But you know, you, the listener, spice oh, it up. baby. I thought you meant Will. I thought you were asking him to come up with like a new spicy fry. Yeah, he no, is. He no. is. That, that's the subtext <laughs> with, with what he just fry. said is. He's wanting a Chipotle fry, actually. Ooh, so. Chipotle fries. Yeah. That sounds good. Uh, Kentucky so, you know what? We're, look, <laughs> keep in mind that we're under pandemic conditions. Yeah. I mean, we're doing the best we can. Here. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that you know, um, this actually, right, if I'm not mistaken, boys, this is year three of our podcast. And so, to this point, to that end, we have cycled through... Uh, all the readings from the gospel. Yeah, the but they, year then, cycle but that of the church. people don't remember what we talked yeah, about. Yeah, but, but, but all I'm saying is that it's just like, oh, you know, we don't want to be redundant. With you know, we don't, the church say, doesn't yeah. say, well, we've uh, plus, every three years plus, ago, so we're not doing homilies. Plus, anymore. I mean, you guys all know us though, right? Like we don't do any research coming into this. And so, you know, we don't know what we've said before. Maybe we'll contradict ourselves. So <laughs> speaking for myself. <laughs> well, and from, you know, from, for me, it, it, you know, it's also this, the, um, how do you say the fear that 
I'm just one more voice in, al- in an already noisy world, right? And who am I to speak as if I know anything about anything, even though I am the guy who knows everything? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And for the record, by the way, can, am I allowed to say, am I allowed to reveal this, that that you, Will, are responsible for the tags at the oh, beginning yeah. of the show. I don't know if we've yeah. ever talked about so that. You ev- actually came up with those. Everybody who came up and like was like, yeah, man, ha, ha, you're the guy who thinks does everything. I wrote that, okay? I'm the one who wrote that and right. sent it off. So everybody Did can, you? I thought I did. I definitely wrote it. Are you kidding me? I'm pretty you sure I did. No, let, let, I'll, let I'll bet t- you I know how this went down. Let me tell you how this down. went down. He goes, he goes man, man, like, man, do something for the intro. I don't know. Man, here's, here's my buddy, Scotty Chape. Man, man, man. So then I contacted 100%. You're crazy. <laughs> okay. Dude, I so when wrote When was the that? last time you sent an email and <laughs> responded to an email? So <laughs> That's too mm, funny. Yeah. Okay, so now we were just talking about the U.S. bishops uh, re-releasing their, I forget what year it was that this came out. But they re-released it. It re-released a, a document about voting and forming your conscience mm-hmm. to vote correctly. And, of course, they talk about the life issues and preeminent among them being abortion and how we really can't steer away from that when it comes to politics, even though some people like to make a seamless garment argument that abortion is just one of many issues that are important. And it's clear in the document that they say preeminent. Right? This is the most important. So we were just coming off that. And um, along those lines, I think Father Dwight Longenecker... Um, you know, kind of, um, well, I have the article. I don't, it's, not, I don't like, is his article even related to the politics? No, his, his article is more related all. to the life of the church. Well, but I brought this up to Tony earlier and I thought this was an interesting, and I haven't read the article yet. I'm just starting to look at it, but the headline. Well, first of all, let me, while you're looking that up, father, let me ask Will for his input on the Bishop's document and how Catholics should, what your perspective is on Catholics approaching the voting booth. I mean, you know, it's obviously not something we want to spend a whole lot of time and breath on because that's what 24 hour news networks do. But, you know, what, what would be your perspective? What's your, what's your approach? Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. And the way that I've always thought about it, you know, I mean, when we're, there's place for reasonable debate inside politics, right? But where there's not reasonable debate and where there's not room for debate is in inherent evil, right? That is a, that is an important and fantastic distinction to make. I mean, you know, the context that I always frame my politic out of is, you know, uh, and it's easy, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty. But if you look back to like these dictators back in the 1940s, like Adolf Hitler is this really extreme example, right? Uh, he was massacring and killing, killing millions of Jews, millions of people, right? Um, Jews, Christians, priests, all, I mean, just all this kind of stuff going on in Nazi Germany. But so you can't look at that and then look at Adolf Hitler back in the forties and be like, well, you know, he really had a good economic policy. I just, you know, I just mm-hmm. really liked what he was doing for the economy. Right. You know, ah, it's really yeah. bad that he's yeah. killing all these people, but he, he killed a lot look, of people, but he was sure good too with the Jewish people. Right, right. Or, or, or whatever, right? Or he's, he, or he's he, taking yeah, care right. of the economy or like, he oh, He helped the Jewish poor people. Yeah, or, or whatever, yeah. right? Right. That, that those arguments, when you look at it in those extreme terms, and granted, it's an extreme example, but that's also because killing people is extreme, right? If we really think that abortion is murder, if we really think that there are babies dying and human life, quite literally, is on the line, right? These are not, this is not exaggerating 3000 babies a day in the United States plus you know, plus and 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 not to not to fall down a rabbit hole just for a minute but if you imagine right i mean the life of those babies is not any more or any less less valuable than anybody else's life right so i mean think of it also as if 
you know, 3,000 people a day were being rounded up by the government and killed in a mass grave. Mm-hmm. Right. Would we tolerate that? No. Right. But see, we can't because see, we, exactly. we can't see the unborn baby being executed. Right. Exactly. We've we, cleaned it up. It happens right? in, a, in a nice, clean medical facility. Which, by the way, are not, they're not really right. clean. Right. I mean, but they look, maybe the Planned Parenthood looks nice on the outside, but what's on the inside is sad. But again, well, this is, sad. this it's, is it's, a lie. It's a vision of hell. I, I, I mean, this is the lie that we tell ourselves to make it feel better and not as bad. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I a hundred percent agree, um, with, with, with what you guys are talking about. And, you know, with the idea that, that unfortunately, right. Unfortunately, this is not a seamless garment. Absolutely not yeah. at all. And it's clear. Yeah. What is, why do you think, I don't, I've not noticed it shaping up this way in the past with these elections, but it does seem this one seems to be shaping up in more of a, um, how do you say like an, like almost like a supernatural way? Like you, you, there does seem to be um, clear opposites showing up in this election and, you know, whether it's the vision for the country, whether it's the moral vision, right? Uh, there's, there seems to be real clear what I would understand to be real clear opposites showing up. Well, what I see is either, either God is exposing the devil or the devil is exposing himself. Yeah. And either the devil is stupid and he's sloppy or, you know, he's at that point. It's at he's at his end time and he's going to do all he can. I see a spiritual battle before me. That's what I'm seeing. I see it very clearly. There's a spiritual battle between good and evil, between the forces of evil and Christ and his church. That's what I'm seeing. Right. I see it clearly. I don't know if, you know, how many people do. I do. I see it very clearly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think maybe in terms of like this broader spiritual context, but I, and I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm an, I'm an outlier here. So, um, but I think that there's also like a temptation and I, I don't want to over spiritualize American politics. Mm, right. Sure. That's fair. Um, and so I, I think in general, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a battle between good and evil and the forces of light and darkness and things like that. Um, and I think abortion is one of those issues, hundred percent. But I think in the, you know, in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, I think that there's a temptation to always spiritualize our politic and, and make, make it bigger than, than these core issues. Sure. And that, Oh, God is in favor. And for either side, right. God is in favor of this political party or this political party, or God has ordained this, um, this, um, this leader to become president or that, or that leader. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I think that there is a big temptation for that, right. Like mm-hmm. an over spiritualization, um, and I have some or to say that, you know, the Lord picks the, this per- particular person to be president like he would, you know, choose the Pope, who, the Pope or, or, right. or, or, you know, uh, which, 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 by the way, can I just say real quick that Pope Benedict uh, wrote that mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit doesn't choose the Pope. So that's like a big thing that Catholics think. So like even even the papacy, this big right. office that leads spiritually all these billions and billions of Catholics, that that's not chosen by the Holy Spirit. What makes us think that our, that our president or our political leaders mm-hmm. or our governor or our mayors or whoever, mm-hmm. right, is, is ordained by God in this mystical uh, descent of the Holy Spirit. Because mm-hmm. I have, I've seen it from both sides, yeah. right? I, I was joking with both of you, I think, at different points about these memes that I saw of like, insert ex president, Y president, whoever it was, but like they would edit them into like these paintings of like Jesus and his 12 apostles, but it's like these 12 different political figures. And it's, you know, 
our God is bigger than our politics. We can't keep trying to fit him into this box. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree yeah. with that. I absolutely agree with that. And um, so, yeah, you know, um, and it's true. I'll, I'll admit, you know, there are different, there's many issues. Okay. And we, we have to be concerned with all of them, but there's this preeminent issue and that's the baby in the womb. 100%. We do have to care about the poor. We have to care about the elderly. We have to care about, uh, you know, people of different races and religions. We're all called to love. We're all called to love. And, and, you know, the Lord didn't say, you know, make exceptions. So we're called to love people of different ideologies, different religions, or different, uh, you know, uh, b- 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 political bents. We're called to just love everyone. Yeah. Okay. And that's something we have to do. Okay. Uh, but again, there's that preeminent issue. But again, you know, being that we're people that are called to love. All right. Well, then we have to uh, reflect the love of Christ onto all people. Right. Okay. But I can, I can. Yeah, all you need is love. Now, but here's the thing, uh, you know, uh, when when certain persons of whatever political party, um, you know, claims to be the oh, we're the party that, uh, you know, does A, B and C. But then they've got behind them 20 or 30 or 40 years to, you know, we have you, you, you got to look back and say, well, how have they done? How have they helped these people, you know, that they claim to be supporters of? You know, and then you got to look at that as well. Right. You follow me on that? Mm-hmm. So no, it's like, OK, so look, in the in, in New Mexico, we've been for 80 years govern, uh, pretty much led by one particular political party. OK, but yet here we are 80 years later and we're still we're dead last in schools. We're top of the list in poverty. The mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. OK, so where is this help coming from? Uh, you know, I'm sorry, but where, where, no, I'm not sorry. So where is this help coming from? I mean, what is, why is, if you're the party that takes care of these people, right. why are these people still suffering after 80 years? Yeah, at the very least, it's just trying to try something new. You can't keep trying to doing the same thing and expecting different results mm-hmm. ultimately. And I think we talked about this before, like people get, you know, people get stuck in these cycles generationally and they, and they kind of do things and they vote ways because their parents did, their grandparents did. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, if anything, I guess, you know, maybe what's being showed to us is it's, it's a good time to shake things up and just to approach things fresh and put all of the like stigmas aside on both sides. Well, even if there's an, you know, an independent, like if another party that enters the race, like an independent party, mm-hmm. like put everything aside and and vote your conscience just right. like this document is saying right. and vote it according to uh the formation that you've done through the church because jesus is guiding his church faithfully right. and remember something it's not government's role to take care of people right it's our role to take care of each because other because of love that's right well, pope, we are called to yeah. love one another even pope francis has been saying a lot about that recently okay about, so it's not you know? the government the government is not my my god but, but that's what happens when the government when i allow the government to take care of me and i rely on the government the government becomes my god the government is not my god right okay so as as children of god we, that's it we're called to love one another and therefore we take care of each other that's right. and and you know our brothers that are in trouble we help them out that's the way it's supposed to work that's right. You know? Yeah, that's that's really well said. You know what we got to do in the near future is um, maybe a, an episode on the social teachings of the church, the social doctrines of the church. Next week we could you do know, it. the principles of, of we could do that Catholic next week. social teaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe even find somebody who can 
talk more intelligently than the three of us. Mm-hmm. Well, that should things. be easy. That should be very easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. See if, you, see, if you, see if anybody you'd work with over there at Father's Fries. Oh, they are not uh, socially um, conscious. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now we, um, th- we, we're going to talk about Father Longenecker's article. Um, well, how do you say his name? Longenecker. Longenecker? Longenecker. I thought it was Longenecker. No, I don't think it is. You say Longa, Longenecker. Longenecker. That's, what I, Longenecker. That's, why I've, that's why I've heard it. Okay, so but we also have, uh, if possible, we have time for I tobacco have a, review. When, and I got a trivia. And a trivia and the McBee Minute. Yeah, and so you know we're already into this an hour and five minutes. Yep, so we got to hustle. Okay, so let's do our trivia first, okay? Okay, All sounds right. good. Okay, and without the intro, okay, because we're running out of time. Okay, so today is the 15th. It is the Feast of... The Our Lady of Sorrows. Very good, Our Lady of Sorrows, okay? Which comes one day after the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. That's right, okay. So how many sorrows traditionally does Mary... Seven. Seven. Okay, now here's the, here's the contest. Oh, here's boy. the Here's the test. Name them. Name the seven oh. sorrows. Okay, I, I know I can. I know I can name some of them. Okay. I just don't know oh, if I can name okay. all of them, and I probably mm-hmm. can't name them in order. So the first sorrow of Mary will be. Uh, we'll start. I think we'll start with um, her when um, when when I can harmonize. To okay, that. so let. Okay, let can me I, just. Can I, go I want to. I want to start with the sorrow that. Well, that, hold on, William Prophet. Simeon. Okay. Is that what you're going to say? No. Pronounces or announces There's in the, the first. temple. That's the first. And, song. and he says, this child will be the rise and fall of there many you and your heart too, a sword mm. shall pierce, which is why in common Catholic artwork, we see seven swords piercing mm-hmm. her heart. Mm-hmm. It's a reference to that scripture. Okay. So prophet Simeon, um, number one, what else? Okay. I'm going to take a guess. Number two, uh, flight into Egypt, flight into Egypt. Number yep. two. Very good. Number three. The passion of our Lord. Nope. Not yet. It's coming up. We're doing it. Okay. We're you want to go, order. you want to do it in order? Are you, why are you looking at your phone? Oh, no, I just got a notification. No, ah, notification. He's cheating. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the flight into Egypt. Yes. I keep, uh, doesn't the circumcision fall into this or no. what am I thinking of something else? No, you're thinking of something else. Okay. Yeah. The bloodshed of Jesus, I think is what I'm okay, thinking well, of. That's, anyway. that's, okay. All right. So, so, so um, the th- so after the flight into Egypt, Passover, then Passover, uh, then there will be the the holy innocents. No, the, no, no, Passover. No, no not the, the holy innocents. Passover. What do you mean? No, no. Okay, the the family had gone to Passover. Oh, the, when they lost, they Jesus. lost Jesus. Okay, oh, the finding, right. yeah, the Jesus. lost Jesus the finding in the temple. There you go. Okay, there's um, three. Uh huh. Okay, now now think passion. Uh the agony in the garden. No. No, mm-hmm. she, that wouldn't have pierced her. That wouldn't have been a sorrow for her. Mm-hmm. Sorrow for her was meeting her son on the way. There's the, yeah, okay. There's number the cross. four, right? There's number four. You say mm-hmm. number four, but you have five fingers up. No, number four. Well, that's because And then hands his hands deformed. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> all those fries, but dude, he's, <laughs> the friars are getting to him. Okay, I don't know where this fry thing came from. Okay, <laughs> so let's, let's talk about number five. What so is then number the five? fifth one will be... Uh, after after um, meeting him on the way, then the fifth one will be his, well in oh, man the, the scourging. No, no, no that would have been before me. That's yeah. that. I think that's a um, the five is the crucifixion itself. The crucifixion, crucifixion itself, itself. right? Because these other okay. elements are really more from uh-huh. just uh, what, what do they call it? Not apocalyptic uh, literature. It's um, it's uh, what is that kind of literature that's like that tells parts of the story that 
that aren't in scripture, aren't part of tradition Apocryphal. anyway. Apocryphal literature, yeah. yeah. The part about her being at the scourging. Oh, right. Which right. makes sense. I mean, right. you know, like yeah. it's displayed in the movie. Okay. So the fifth one is the actual crucifixion. And then six, We know for a fact she was there because yep. he talked to her. The sixth right. one then would be... Is the uh, death on the cross. No. The really? holding... Yeah. Him, he had a, holding, right. her, holding her son Jesus in her arms. Taken, yeah. taken down okay. from the cross. And taken it says down. it was, you know, was given to her mother. Mm-hmm. Seven. And then the seventh one the burial, is placed right? in the tomb. There you go. The, your will's got it. The, the anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. The seven sorrows of our blessed mother and depicted in art often, uh, you see her heart mm-hmm. pierced with seven swords. My question is today, how, how many wounds? I mean, just watching her children, you know, abandon the faith of her mm-hmm. son. Yeah, it got to be a lot more than just seven wounds. I okay. got to tell you that. Now, can I ask you guys a trivia? Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. What are the seven joys of the Virgin? It's a medieval devotion. Wow, seven nice. joys. Wow. Seven joys. Yeah, nice. The seven joys. Yep. Seven joys. Oh, that's uh, great. There's a really great song, by the way. While you guys are thinking about it, there's a great song you can look up on YouTube. By a Catholic band. Okay. No, by um, uh, actually by King's College Choir, Cambridge in London. They do this beautiful rendition of the seven well, joys the, of Mary. Yeah. The first one is nutter butter peanut butter sandwich cookies. <laughs> no, my God. Wrong. That's not good. <laughs> so wrong. So it's so the enunciation. Uh, stop it. Get out of here. Look no, I mean, no, like I just. Uh, no, obviously. it's the Annunciation, the Visitation. Uh, um, no. Really? So Annunciation, yes. Not the Visitation? Nope. The Birth. The Birth? Yes. The Birth? That's, that's number two. The Birth. Yep. Um, okay, so I'll tell you. Uh, the, um, the Finding. Was that joyful to like well, overcome a, her sorrow like, with finding him? Wait, what do you mean finding? <laughs> oh, when they oh, found him the in the temple. Uh, one of them? Uh, no. Was that like a relief? No. No. Okay. Okay, still keep thinking, keep thinking birth. So yeah, yeah. Time of birth. Oh, p- the presentation? No, no, the, the, vig- the, vig- the Magi. Yep, Magi, number three. Oh, visitation the of the Magi. Magi. Yeah, when she, it was very obvious that mm-hmm. her son was going to be the king. Uh-huh. Okay, and then now for the next one, we're skipping way ahead. Yeah, you'd have to oh, go yeah. into adult life at that point. Mm-hmm. The uh, wedding at Cana? Mm-mm. No. Really? Yep. Something, wow, mirac- you would think something miraculous. Post. Crucifixion. Post, post Oh, we have to jump all the way the past assumption? the the passion. Because really, I mean, his, his yeah. public ministry was was pretty the much descent of the Holy Spirit. Years, right. That's true. Uh, wait. When she appeared, he appeared. So, the resurrection. Four, yep. Okay. When she and he. Which one? You got to pick one. Oh no! When he appeared to her after the resurrection. So well, it's the resurrection, right? Okay. So, then the, okay. Then the descent of the Holy Spirit. Not quite, because what happens before that? Well, the ascent. Yep. Exactly. Was, so the ascension okay. is number five. Okay, then number six is the uh, the descent of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, and then the exactly. assumption. Um, her not taking quite, not what quite. the dormition, what the so so what happens her, post assumption in heaven? Oh, her coronation, being a yep. coronation, right? Yep. Coronation. coronation, of course. I knew that. Okay. Yep. Cool. Seven joys of Mary. That's okay. a good devotion. Okay, like now it. you have something. Okay, well, no. See, I this just, is why we're, you know, we're not doing the uh, gospel anymore, so we can just banter <laughs> just endlessly, endlessly. Fit all banter. these trivia questions. Okay, that so. was a good, uh, that was a good, how do you say, spontaneous edition mm-hmm. with the uh, joys, because not a lot of people know about the joys of Mary. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, to finish out our trivia time, I've got the McBee Minute. Mm-hmm. These are three rapid fire questions, okay. which pre- present three mm-hmm. juxtapositions right. of mm-hmm. which you have to mm-hmm. choose from Does your he own a preference. Song yet? No, I, don't know that I, was, I can't. I don't have the equipment here to be able could, to do that. You can make a theme song with your well, cigar, cigar box, you know, it's, guitar. I know, right? Box it. Okay, man, so. I love that guitar. 
I just, I well, just, I just play it and play it. You should play. make a, you should make a. I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all kinds of muddy waters and howling wolf and stuff with that thing. I'm telling you. Oh, listen, like to dude, I, I know I can do in my time a dying Led Zeppelin from beginning to end. All right. I'm ready for the McBee minute. Absolutely. Here we go. Cool hand Luke or Shawshank Redemption. Mm, cool hand Luke. Wow. Uh, I've only seen the Shawshank, but a long time ago. So I'll have to go Shawshank. A long cool Hand Luke is TNT. such a classic, mm-hmm. and Shawshank Redemption is such a great movie, and it's such a great story. I'll have to go classic, I guess, on this yeah. one, even though I think Shawshank's pretty What's epic. that line, that guy? What, what, what is it, that line? What we're dealing with here is a complete... What is that? What does he say? I forget it's that a whole... a failure to communicate. Oh, yeah. What we did, what we got here is a failure to communicate. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's the line. Okay, so next question. That's the, that's the entire uh, podcast of Holy Smokes. It's a one big failure to communicate. <laughs> True. Okay, go ahead. Are we ready? Brew, a brew pub, a brew pub, or a wine bar? Oh, come on. Brew pub. You got to be kidding. Brew pub. Although, wine bar. Come on. Wine bars are, what? Oh, yeah. Wine bar. Yeah. Look at the, the quality of the people. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Look at the gender of the people at a wine bar. Yeah. What, what, yeah. They're all <laughs> female. They're what? They're all female. At the wine bar? Yeah. Okay. Hence the wine bar. You got a problem with that? <coughs> okay. Oh, stop. Stop with okay, that. Okay. So, uh, last question mm-hmm. miles per hour or miles per gallon? Mm, no miles miles per gallon. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a speed person. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm I not shop, into that. Speed I shop thing. based on the miles per gallon. Mm-hmm. For show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, there you go. The McBee okay, Minutes. That's, that's hip. All right. So do we Cigar. have some tobacco reviews? Okay. Well, now I can tell you this. Okay. I don't have anything. I haven't smoked anything. Okay, man. I haven't I'm smoked. I'm going to do it next week, but I got the Padron, man. Let me tell you what. Padron 7000, bro. So good, <laughs> man. Okay. That's all it is. It hasn't changed. Okay. There it is. Okay, I'm <laughs> that done. Say? That was kind of like the Father Scott slash Trump impersonation. Uh, I'm done. I'm, that was it. I mean, I, what else do I need to say? That's it. You know who's smoking a cigar tonight? Uh, the, I'm sorry. Who's smoking a Patron 7000 tonight? Uh, in our honor Zach is Gard. Zach Gard. Okay, now I got to tell you this. Our friend Spencer Scott Harris, who's in the Navy, sent over, and we have them tonight. I haven't Sweet. smoked a cigar in two weeks, but tonight I'm going to break that because he sent over some, I don't know what they are. But they these things are black as coal, really? which means wow. they're like super duper Maduros. Yeah. And so they just arrived today or yesterday, wow. in fact. And so we are going to imbibe this evening. That sounds awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, great. thank you, Scott. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. Where, uh, where is he stationed at? Mm, I think he's on a ship somewhere. Wow. So I don't know where he picked him up somewhere. That's cool. awesome. Scott, we're going to smoke when you're on her, man. Thank yep, you for that. Absolutely. Hey, uh, so teeth fall out. <laughs> yeah, right. Maduro, man, you're gonna have a sore throat for days, yeah. and then they will test you for coronavirus. And they'll be like, "No, you just have something else." <laughs> Cigar, cigarovirus. Yeah. I'm gonna open my mouth to do the swab, and just, like, just close it and drive off. <laughs> <laughs> Watch, they'll suave you and all this tar and nicotine, <laughs> yeah. which is the big blob just dripping off the thing. That's disgusting. God. Oh. What is wrong with you? <laughs> This guy who's running a fry shop, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> Good. Go ahead. I yeah. I don't know that I have actually smoked anything um, new since the last time we reviewed. Oh, how how typically b- b- predictable and boring. That's not your commentary has become tiresome. I uh, have been on a roll actually of mm. smoking 
new things. I feel like I did smoke something unique recently. I just can't remember what it was. So if I remember it, I'll add it to mm. the to the podcast. Um, otherwise, I'm sticking with my old go-tos. Classico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, okay, this is going to sound funny because it's going to be like a Father Scott thing. But um, so, so the other night when we got together after we had dinner, uh, I lit up a Padron 7000 Maduro. Uh-huh. And just to double down... That all of Father's mm. praise for these cigars, they are mm. not inflated. It is such a good cigar. Aren't they the best. <laughs> the so draw good. is insanely good. Uh, I mean, con- super consistent quality. Burns uh, like a dream every time. Fantastic taste. Um, so anyway, just to just to double up on that. Um, also, Tony gave me a tin. Uh, so I actually smoked all the cigars out of my humidor. So I am no cigars in my humidor right now. So Tony had gifted me um, this tin of tobacco called moon trance by cao uh-huh. uh, cause he wasn't a big fan of it. And so I dug into it and, uh, man, it is good. Really? I, yeah, I, I like it pipe a lot. Pipe tobacco? I, um, pipe tobacco. Yeah. Pipe tobacco. I haven't smoked a pipe in quite a while. Uh, and so going back to, to a pipe after I mean, out of necessity, um, it was really enjoyable. It was a nice, cool, pleasant smoke, uh, tasty. I, I was definitely getting some of the vanilla and bourbon notes inside of that tobacco. Uh, I just thought it was fantastic. I enjoyed the experience so much. Um, yeah, really well, fragrant, kind of aromatic even still. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, like just the whole sensory experience, again, is just so different from from cigars. So, so I lit up and just sat there on the patio and was like, wow, you know, my neighbors must love me now. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's Moon Trance. I think that's uh, what they call CAO. a good room note. Yes, CAO. Yeah. They've been really showing up on their map for us lately with their cigars and their pipe tobacco. Yeah. Um, a lot of good products. And, of course, they make the Amazon Basin cigar that I'm in love with lately. Um, so, yeah, so good good reco on yeah, that well, on that deal. Gift, okay, so, you know, what we need to do is wrap this up. Man, we're an hour and 19 minutes into this. We'll have to talk about the Dwight Longenecker. We'll have to push that off till next week. Next week. Yeah. I'll make that I think that's week. a good okay. idea. So, okay. So, uh, see, without the gospel, we still have plenty to talk about. There's still plenty to talk about. We just got to, you know, we just got to open up the, the, the trap here and let it flow, baby. That's, I feel like that's probably what happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, do we have any new reviews? You know, after this podcast, we're going to get no reviews no, ever I again. I think we're going to get no remu- removed. No, no, we just don't. Um, People, it's the pandemic. They can't seem to, like, give us a review. Hey, Do we fun have shout out, though. To who? Uh, so our friends over at Regina Cigars yeah. um, raised just over $10,000 for local food banks during the COVID-19 pandemic. That's awesome. It's a great Catholic company. For those of you who haven't heard us talk about them before, great Catholic cigar company based out of the wonderful and, and the fantastic. And, and great cigars, too, by the way. Yeah, great cigars. They're based out of Tallahassee, Florida. Regina Cigars, every cigar, as mm-hmm. they say, is wrapped in beauty. Mm-hmm. So they uh, have these really uh, nice prayers and Catholic artwork and devotionals and things like that and mm-hmm. prayer cards and all this good stuff. So anyway, 10000 bucks for local food banks out there. So Wow. Shout out to Regina Cigars. That's amazing. We might still have our promo code up. I don't know. They were giving our listeners a discount for a while. So And they've got a new cigar that they're uh, putting up. Um, it's called the Guadalupe. It's a Miami. Oh, yeah? A Miami That's cigar. Cool. 25th okay. anniversary. All right. So, uh, hey, help us build our church. SJVNM.org is a place to go. Scroll down to donate and donate. Okay. Thank you. We appreciate it. God bless you. Um, next week, we'll talk about some other stuff. I don't know what. We're going to talk about uh, Dwight Longnecker's 
uh, article, I think, probably, mm-hmm. maybe. We'll yeah. have another quiz, maybe, probably, in a cigar review. Okay, That's we're it. going to review these cigars that we're about to smoke here in about 10 minutes. That sounds good, yeah. Groovy man. Love each other. Forgive right. one another. Yeah, and love one another, okay? And uh, that's what Jesus said, love one another. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox.